Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, hello, we're back and welcome to season two. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year, if it's not too late in the year to say that. This episode is hopefully a great kickstart for season two and for the new year. And we're talking about goals, why to set them and the motivational impact on your business of having really great, clear, compelling goals. And what is it that makes a goal a brilliant one and how that integrates for you with your longer term vision. So we explore the anatomy of a goal Uh, what you really need to include to make it worthwhile. And we take a look at standard KPIs in the context of an empowered and inspired entrepreneur and what we can do to shift out of just looking at the numbers mindset, which can be potentially demotivating and some of the other things we might want to be considering when we're exploring setting goals and creating really compelling visions. We look at time frames for setting goals and how playing with the subtleties of time can be a real game changer. We both talk about how we set goals throughout the year and how they vary in any given context, because for both of us, it's not just a new year come out of the gates fighting. We use goal setting quite strategically at different places throughout the year and at different points in the business. So we talk a little around that. We also talk about what you might consider if you're working with a neurodiversity and you're thinking about planning ahead and making goals and quite a bit more. So we hope it's a really valuable kickoff for season two. Really hope you enjoy it. We had great fun recording it and on with the show. Welcome to the very first episode of 2023. It's so lovely to be back. Hooray! Yes, it's great. New year. New year, new start. Obviously, we thought we'd buck the trend by talking about goals. (laughs) (laughs) Not one to be called predictable. (laughs) So we thought it was quite important that we share our insights on goal setting. So we're going to be exploring how you can set goals that not just give you something to measure yourself against at the end of the year, but also that feel really motivating and enjoyable to live at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the difference between just being a standard entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur that's really empowered and is running a business on your own terms. And that's Mm. really important. And there's some real potential with goal setting to start to address that balance if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder whether we start with what's the point of goals in the first place, because there might be some people listening to this that uh, either don't set goals at all or don't set them at this time of year, which is absolutely fine. I include myself in that, which we'll get into a bit later. And there might be people who are setting goals, but it's not necessarily they're not necessarily working for them in the way that they feel that they should. 
Mm. So if we look at what's the point of setting goals, are we just doing them because everybody says you need to have them? Is there a deeper purpose and something more we can get out of this process if you're running an inspired and an empowered business? What do goals do for you? You're right. So I tend to set quite specific short-term goals at the start of a project. So if I'm developing a new workshop or a new online course, I'll think very specifically there about what I want that to do. Yeah, and you've hit two things right on the head there, specific and short-term. So what we're talking about in goal-setting here very much is that, Mm. but as we're talking about this at the new year, we also want it nested in the context of a bigger vision. And, And I do do that. So I find that... Those last few weeks leading up to Christmas are just hectic. And I really don't get much time to think about where my business is heading. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've I've got time to do the day-to-day work, but I'm not I'm not thinking strategically about where I want to go because Mm -hmm. there's so much noise and there's so much going on. But something happens if we're not away between Christmas and New Year. So if we're on our own and maybe my husband's working and everything's just sort of settled back into a quieter pace. I do find myself thinking just quite sort of casually, intuitively about where I want to go next year. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I had Poppy, so that was 2013, there was that big trend for the word of the year. (laughs) Remember that? where people would set one word and that would guide them through the year. And I loved doing that when I wasn't working. So I remember 2013 was my, uh, my word of the year was happy. And that was absolutely my happiest year without question. Mm. And, um, but, but I tend to just set fairly loose goals for me of sort of where I want to be headed, what kinds of things I want to be doing and, yeah, I guess mm. where I want to be by the end of the year. Great. And I think let's let's tighten up our terminology here because I think for me this gets quite exciting and could be quite useful. So that for me is essential, um, really useful. And it's that's setting your orientation. For yeah. me, that's not goal setting. It only mm. becomes goal setting when it fulfills certain parameters. And we'll get into the the anatomy of what a good goal might look like maybe a bit later. So that that trajectory setting that orientation that sort of north star finding I think is a really important essential first step before you get to the place of setting goals because you need to know what direction you're going in first Mm. and hopefully as it has done with you because I know we've talked about this a fair bit is that will be informed by a reflection on what's gone before the learnings from the year Mm. the the sticking points the wins the celebrations and so you'll get a sense of which way am I starting to steer my ship? Yeah. You're in the middle of the ocean, like which direction am I headed to on the horizon? And then there's any number of islands to choose from, right? So then we get really specific in the goal setting. Yeah. And one will come before the other, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this orientation piece up front is really important. And actually that word for the year or that broad intention setting can be really useful because it gives you a sort of foundation to set the tone. So, you know, I was thinking about this actually because I've got a client session next week as we're recording this next week, it will have been and gone. Yeah. And I realised that 
something to hold the overall energy of that session would be really important given that we're doing some quite complex work it's quite deep it's quite emotional it's quite um there's a lot we need to get through and so my orientation is that we're calm and clear in that process mm. the specific goals that we have to get to by the end of the session will be much more um measurable much more specific yeah. so if we come back to what's the point of setting goals in the first place I think it does several things for us in business. It provides us with purpose and motivation. Mm. Because if you are someone who hasn't set goals for a while or specific goals or even thought about the bigger picture and the vision and the overall direction of your business, it can be very easy to find yourself just slightly meandering. It might not feel Mm. like meandering in the day-to-day because it's busy, but it's a bit different from this really galvanized feeling of your intentions into something actionable and concrete. And when you're meandering, it can be really easy to get pulled off track by other people's priorities. Mm. So a real benefit of setting your own, own goals is that you get to drive. You get to drive your business in the direction that you want it to go. Mm. And you get to measure the success of that. The impact of that on the day-to-day is that it massively improves focus and productivity because you've got something that you're holding yourself accountable to. Mm. And if you get the right goals in the right way, that can really work wonders for your work rate, your output, your focus. And on that note, I think it's also really important to say that this isn't about setting yourself something that means you have your nose to the grindstone the whole time because Mm. the focus of your goals is really important yeah I'm just going back so what I tend to do is I will set goals January and I'll for the year for the Mm. annual year and that's also my financial year so it kind of makes sense to me and I also do them in autumn because that is where I have a ton of energy Mm. and it's also coming up to the end of the year so I'm also thinking at that point well what do I need to have done by the end of this financial yes. year so I'm just looking at my goals I mean you might tell me these aren't these aren't goals but but my goals for autumn terms so, so you're absolutely right they did give me purpose momentum they helped me focus on what I needed to get done mm. and they also gave me my orientation and my steer um color psychology for brand designers So I was thinking specifically about how many did I want enrolled by the time the early bird discount ended and by the time I launched the second course. We're going to come on to that, I think, in a minute. Um, Because they they weren't necessarily the smartest of goals. Um, But I also wanted to have level two completed by mid-November. Yeah. And launch Elevate. Those are my goals. Great. So, well, they're all goals, but two out of three of those goals were more effective than the one that wasn't. And that's because of this um, interplay between control and influence, which we'll get into later. Mm. But yeah, three really tangible goals. And very measurable. Very measurable. They were timed. And timed. Yeah. So, so they and they were very specific. So they, they yeah. fit in with these sort of smart objectives, which are specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound. Yeah. Except for the one where it was the number of enrollments. Yeah. 
because of the influence that you have on that. So for a goal to be really achievable, it needs to be within your control to a large degree or massively within your influence. Mm. So we'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that sort of specific one later. But what that did do definitely is is galvanize you to action within that last three months of the year. So they were really effective from that point of view. And just to address this sort of point of when to set your goals, there is no right time, just because the entire world thinks the 1st of January is the time to set your goals. If that's not the time that feels right to you, you don't have to do that because we're doing business on your terms, right? But you might want to think about, as V said, when your financial year falls, because it's easy to look at that one year arc and see whether you've met your financial goals within that financial year you might want to think about you know your holiday seasons and when you're going to have space and when you're going to be productive you might also want to think about your own personal energy and how that relates to the energy of the seasons so I will have a big vision time and that actually over the last few years has changed in timing because it's very much related to the flow of my own energy, what's going on in my life. And there'll be times when I go, I need a reset. I need to come back, take a step right back, retreat away and get very clear. And actually that happens, that that, that big stuff tends to happen in either three-year or seven-year cycles for me, interestingly, okay. unless there's a great big shift, mm-hmm. you know, so when I got divorced and moved out and changed the house, that that was a reset point for me. So then I looked at, okay, what does this new situation look like? What are the new foundations? So that external events prompted that piece. Mm. And that might happen for you. Something might shift and you go, right, this is the point at which I need to reorientate and reset. And some people will be really galvanized by having a 10-year vision or a five-year vision. I don't use the term goal there because it's very difficult to set a 10-year goal because there are too many movable parts in that trajectory to make it really measurable. So you can set a long-term vision and then, I mean, we work, we tend to work in three-month chunks now, don't we, really? Yeah, I mean, I tend to, again, I'll I'll always think after a half-term break, I'll always think, what am I working on this half-term? Yeah. Then I'm chunking it down into smaller... And this might be orientation as much as anything. You know, this half term was definitely all about finishing colour psychology for brand designers and then housekeeping. Yeah. You know, so all those, so look, starting to look at SEO, starting to look at how I can use Pinterest, starting to tweak some of my web page, you know, stuff that just hasn't got done all year because I've been focusing yeah. on other things. So that that potentially isn't a goal, but it was definitely an intention of what I was going to spend my time doing. Yeah, and I think that's really useful and it does tie in beautifully with the season. So the seasons do lend themselves to certain types of goals or activities. So with a one lovely client I'm working with at the moment, this autumn has been about sweeping the leaves, like literally yeah. tidying everything up, yeah. making sure all the systems and processes are locked down so that you, we can come and, and then there'll be a sort of gestation period and then we'll come out of the gates with what can we bring out new in the spring? Mm. You know, what's new? Because we like to work in line with the seasons. Not everybody does. But giving yourself, I think what you do really well in those smaller chunks of the terms or the half terms is because you're focusing on that 
sprint, if you like, that short section of time, it enables you to really go for something and then to stop and reflect and take a break and then go for something again. So you're having these sort of micro sprints, if you like, yeah, sitting within this longer marathon. And if you think about the energy that you have when you're starting a sprint versus the energy you have when you're starting a marathon and you know you have to sustain it, Mm. from a focus, productivity and overall cumulative productivity point, the sprint strategy tends to work quite well for a lot of businesses. So breaking those goal setting times down into micro pieces with that orientation underneath it can be really useful practice. Mm. And it also means that you get into the habit of it so it doesn't take very long. If you're yeah. only navel-gazing once every seven years and then you have to map everything out, yeah. you're going to need a week's retreat. You know, <laughs> you're in that focus. You can nail your goals in a couple of hours you know, on that Monday morning and you're done. Yeah, yeah. So we've got this increase in purpose and motivation, this increase in focus and productivity. You've got this galvanising your intentions into something much more actionable you get to drive the direction of where your business is going, which is empowering in itself, right? And you also get a vehicle by which you can measure your success. Mm. And so the calibration of those goals needs to be quite important so that it doesn't become a stick you can beat yourself with. Yeah. So really giving some thought as to the strategy around your goals matters a lot. Mm. And when it comes to that, where I think a lot of us get it wrong is we take the micro of our business in isolation and we don't look at it within the system that it's within. Mm. So my approach to any goal setting has to be contextualised within the holistic picture of your whole life and what success actually looks like to you. Mm. Because success in the business, if you take traditional KPIs of you know revenue growth or revenue per client or your profit margin or any of those things, if you're just looking at that... Mm. and that goal is pursued at the expense of everything else, then you're not going to have a very balanced, a very empowered, a very inspired, very joyful business. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the key. And so also in the context of setting those goals, you really need to take into account where you are in your life at the moment, and those goals need to be proportional to where you're at and what capacity you have. yeah. Because if you're, you know, like a lot of people now come out of this last couple of years with the pandemic, burnout is a real Yeah, yeah. And so if you're in that place, it doesn't matter how bells and whistles and rah-rah pom-poms your goal setting is, if you're not in a place, if you don't have the foundations in place to be able to go for that, it's just going to be counterproductive. Mm. And it's just going to be another reason why you're rubbish and another reason why you've failed and another reason why you can't do this anymore. Mm. So being really honest and really compassionate with yourself about your starting point for yeah. the goals and coming back to what we mentioned before in the vitality session if your vitality is not high and if you need rest, if you need recovery, if you need processing from something that's gone on, that has to be built in as a priority and a precursor to any of the goals that require high productivity, high focus, high energy for you to consistently show up because those things aren't going to be possible without the bedrock of vitality underneath it. And actually, that's a really good point that you've just raised is that, these goals 
it's not like you get one shot at them every January. Mm. So actually, if you are feeling burnt out or close to burnout or low in vitality, no one's saying that your whole year is going to be rubbish. That just because you missed that window on the 1st of January that, yes. or, or the 14th by the time you hear this. But, you know, just because you missed that window, you know, it's another, like you say, it's another reason to beat yourself up. If yes. you're feeling vital and full of energy by March, you can do this whole thing again and you won't really have lost anything by taking care of yourself, will you? Absolutely. And I think it's about you don't have to not set those goals. So in no. January, you can go, right, I really want all of this for my business. Yeah. And I recognise that to get there, the first phase of this, yeah. process, the first sprint needs to be a recovery sprint. I'm interested to know, though, because my experience is that if I'm feeling low in vitality, I don't have the big goals in my head. I don't know if that's normal, but I, you know, I find my goals will get smaller and more manageable. Absolutely. Because if you think of the analogy that I always use, very cheesy and very predictable of standing at the bottom of a mountain, if mm. you're in the foothills you and you're in the trees, you can only see what's right there. You don't yeah. have perspective. And sometimes you have to beat yourself out of those or work your way out of that density of forest and that sort of small thinking in order to be able to set the next piece yeah. so if you're approaching that the methodology for approaching that goal setting then is to is to set your goal as far as you can see mm. and then make that window quite a short one and you'll be a little bit further up the mountain you'll have a better view yeah and then a little bit higher up you'll have even more perspective mm. I think it's just recognizing that they're not they're not fixed completely if it's a long time scale yeah I sometimes even work on weekly pieces if I've if I've got a lot on because okay. I can't see further than that mm. but for me and everyone will feel their way differently into this but I think for us we've sort of found this half term full term cycle quite good and then a sort of three month chunk I ask myself with a lot of my clients is what, what's this season about for us and that quite often will coincide with the environmental season, but not necessarily. Yeah, so don't let it stop you from setting the goals that you, you know, if you, and it might not even be a goal. You might not be able to vision it. You might think, oh, this is impossible, but you might have a longing. There might be a longing in there. There might be, it hasn't galvanised itself into a vision that's really clear, but there'll be a murmuring in your heart that, oh, I would love to be able to do something like this. Mm. Those are really worth listening to. Mm. So how would you turn that into a goal? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, so I would make the vision as big and beautiful and wonderful as I possibly could to start with because your motivation and your the degree to which you're pulled towards that really helps when it comes into the micro goals. So you're starting this with a vision for for say 2023 yeah so and I might make that really specific so I've got one client at the moment that really wants to be running wonderful retreats for young activists mm. and so we have a very clear very specific vision for what that retreat in itself will look like sometimes towards the end of the year so in her mind she's made that big she's made that colorful she's made it really specific we know where we're going to be there's all of that stuff there and it's got a sense of timing. And then I'll start to build the motivation around it. So I'll link it to core values and 
core sense of identity. What's important about this to me? Why does it matter that I achieve it? Mm. What's it going to mean to me when I achieve this? Who's going to benefit? And how am I going to benefit? Who else is going to benefit? And what's the benefit of that? So you're building up this whole picture of this goal, this vision is a really good idea. Mm. You know, that's the first thing. And then it, it becomes more tangible and you get a bit more resonance for it. So you're starting with that vision. And then really simply, one of the ways to approach it is you can just reverse engineer it. So you put yourself at that point in the future and you look back and you go, well, what would have had to have happened just before this? Mm. And then just before that, and then just before that, and then just before that. And you can literally just map it back mm. in small, manageable steps. Mm. Yeah. Then you've got to start thinking about this piece we mentioned earlier of what's within my control and what's within my influence. Mm. So when you go from the future backwards, you're anticipating some of those blockers so that you can address it. So if one of the key points is a certain number of people have to hear about this in order for it to be a success, you're going to have a certain amount of influence on that, but you can't control it. So you have to take that into account and you have to build in those micro targets within the bigger goal. So if that's your big goal, there'll be much smaller targets and goals on the way. Mm. Next of all, let's have a think about what some effective goals might look like for an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I think you've got the standard set of goals that have been pre-delivered to us if you're running a business that are your key performance indicators, your KPIs. Yeah. And those traditionally would be something like your revenue growth, um, your revenue per client, your profit margin, your client retention rate and your customer satisfaction. Mm. So those are all indicators that you might build goals and strategies around. Yeah. And the key thing about those is they're all very easily measurable. Yeah. So any goal or any indicator needs to be measurable because you have to you have to know when you've hit it, right? So yeah. you're just continually chasing. <laughs> what traditionally KPIs will do is, you know, you work on a quarterly basis or you work on an annual basis. So every quarter you have your reporting and you can go, have I hit the revenue growth? So they're your indicators. Mm. And then within that, you're thinking about, right, what are my goals that will enable me to achieve that growth or to achieve that margin or to achieve that client retention rate. So that's all your standard stuff. I would like to really encourage people to set their own KPIs based on the bigger picture of what success looks like for you as an entrepreneur. Mm. And for that, we have to look more widely than the context of just our business. Yes. Why are you in business in the first place? What do you need it to do for you? How does it sit in the context of your relationships or your family? What does it have to facilitate for you? How do you want to feel when you're running your business? All of those things have to come into it. Mm. And, and also there's a lot of, if you think about the, the wider system of yourself and your life, your business is a microsystem within that. But there'll be other systems like your health. Mm. There'll be other systems like your family. There'll be other yeah. systems like your social life. Yeah. And there'll be other systems like your academic life or whatever it is you mm. build up that creates this picture of your life. So if you're doing a big goal setting piece, I would map the whole system. Yeah. Where you want to be in all of those areas. Yeah. Not so that you end up with a massive long to do list, but so that you can create really mutually you know in system thinking we talk about the boundaries within certain systems but also the beneficial effects that each system can produce for another system mm. so the chances are that if you have an outcome for your business 
and for your health, those two will be interrelated and you can choose one activity or a couple of activities that will hit both outcomes yes with okay. a specific challenge yeah. with a specific target so when you when you map out the whole system yourself and I like to do it on a great big piece of paper and just literally draw bubbles for each one yeah what I want to get to and show the interrelatedness mm. between all of those things then a it builds a bigger picture of motivation and a bigger understanding of where your business fits in the context of your life yeah and you can start to see clearly what your priorities are and you can see whether activities in one system are inhibiting goals in another. Mm, and that's okay. really important just to look yeah. at that sort of cross-relationship. So I'd, I'd map it all out. All your goals need to be realistic. And this is, this is a really interesting word because you get to decide how realistic the goal is for you. Mm. Because your subconscious will know whether something is self-achievable or not. And when we talk about realistic, it needs to be within your sphere of control or very largely within your sphere of influence. Mm. You cannot set a goal for your partner to become more caring. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a well-formed goal. I mean, you can set it and you can hold that intention, but it's not well-formed because you have very little influence and it requires controlling someone else. It's, It's a subtlety and sometimes it really matters and sometimes it doesn't matter so much but if we take your example before of your three goals the having a certain number of people enroll on a program by a certain date is not what we would consider a well-formed outcome you can have it as a target (laughs) (laughs) because you have literally no control on market forces no you can do you know when we redress that to what is the best job that I can do? And how do I know I've done my best in terms of making this a brilliant clause, making you know, it really compelling, putting the, how do I know I've done enough marketing? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it's also about, do I feel like I've done enough? And, and also looking at that in the context of my longer term reputation, because I think if I was solely focused on getting bums on seats on this course, I could have gone in a lot harder. Exactly. And got them. Yes, exactly. And that is such a key point because it's very easy for us to get driven by the numbers mm. and at the expense of other things. Well, it would have felt hideous to be yeah. doing that. You know, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable. And maybe that's my money mindset. Maybe that's my issues. I don't think it is. I I don't think it is either. I don't want to run a business like that. And I think this is a really core part of us setting goals is A, don't set stupid goals. And I should add that Elizabeth didn't set those with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But also, um, you have got to think about what it's going to feel like to actually live that goal as well, haven't you? And what's the long term impact of that? And quite often we lose sight of the bigger picture in the micro of the goal. And if we don't come back up, we can end up taking us regularly in reviewing. We can end up taking ourselves down the track that would actually be reputational business limiting in the long term. You can do a certain amount of that thinking up front. But the pause and review, you know, when you realise your goal isn't working, because you're testing and you're reviewing as you go in, in the micro sprint of that sprint, when you realise that things aren't quite happening, you don't just keep ploughing on through. You stop, mm. you reassess, and the first question is, is this the right goal? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's not that you want to abandon it because sometimes there's, you just need to galvanize yourself to get over the jump. Mm. But sometimes it's because, oh, this is reminding me that this actually isn't the right goal. And then you yeah. come back to your criteria for success. You know, what is it I'm trying to achieve here? And part of that criteria as well, particularly in business, needs to be about what's the brand you're creating? What's the reputation you want to maintain? What's the ethos? What are you known for? Those things mm. need to influence your goals, particularly if you're going to do something big and, and potentially disruptive to the system. You need to have those anchor points to come back to. Otherwise, yeah. it's very easy to lose yourself and end up doing something inadvertently that compromises you in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So to come back to the anatomy of a of a goal, we mm. talked about this thing about being realistic and self-achievable. It has to be measurable. Yeah. You have to have some indicator of when you've hit it or not. Yeah. Okay. You know whether you can measure something. Mm. And that might be intangibles, but it might also be in a feeling. Yes. Okay. And that's okay as well. Mm. Um, as long as you know what that feeling needs to be like. Mm. It's, for business goals, it might be a little, you'd want to have more than just the feeling. You'd want to have, if I was a fly on the wall and looking at this business from the outside, how would I know you've achieved it? Mm. So if you wanted to have a happy and harmonious team or say I'm going into a hotel and I want to see that all the staff are really enjoying their work, what would I yeah. see? You know, I yeah. might see them being proactive. I might see them greeting people as they came in the door. So you're still defining what that looks like. You have to define what it looks like in sensory specific so that you can, yeah. you can yeah. measure it. So what can you see, hear, touch, feel, mm. smell? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want like, the best cookies in yeah. Surrey. Well, they're yeah. going to have a smell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it has to be measurable. For it to be a goal, it has to have a time scale. Mm, and the more specific the better and when we get into timing oh my goodness it's such a powerful tool for motivation Mm. and I do quite a lot of geeky timeline work with my clients when we're goal setting because there will be a point and you feel it when you're setting the goal there will be a point at which the time that you set for that goal feel is the sweet spot between motivating and slightly scary yeah and demotivating so it's and time shifting the time of a goal Mm. can make that make or break the difference of that so if we think about when you were launching um color psychology part two Mm. we had it at mid we we had it originally at the beginning of the year kind of like autumn yeah we had to bring it down to at some point before christmas and we settled on we played around with oh is it end of october is it end of november Mm. we went for mid-november we there was something in the feeling that out that made that the sweet spot. Mm. Funnily enough, as well, that was very much driven by you can't launch you can't launch a course on the first of December. Yeah. So although comfortably for me to produce the course, I would have liked a few more weeks. You yeah. know, there was also that thing of am I actually going to sell it if I <laughs> if I leave it as long as I want to? Yeah. So I think there's always that tension as well, isn't there? Yeah, it has to be so that so there'll be the personal piece. If if there's no commercial need for it, you know, if you're exhibiting somewhere and there's a deadline, or if you're, you know, if there's if there's a big conference or there's something in your industry that you have to hit, then then that timing will be defined for you. Or like you say, a marketing uh, arm. Yeah. But if it's something that is much more fluid, 
you can play around with how that feels for you on the inside as you shift the boundaries and there'll be a sweet spot and it you know it's one of those things that ideally you'd work with someone else to discover because it can be quite difficult to elicit for yourself but there is this a goal needs to feel challenging and worthwhile so for something to be smart it ends at time bound Mm. but for me for a goal to be really smart for an empowered entrepreneur it needs to be challenging and it needs to be worthwhile so it needs to be nested within your values within your criteria for success and it needs to pull something out of you that makes it feel like you know nobody really is motivated by something that they're just going to do anyway yeah I remember when I was doing my um, PGCE and we it was a pass or fail course and I I found that out about halfway through because I was sort of writing my essays and doing my piece thinking, you know, I want, might want to do a master's after this or whatever. Yeah. And so I was writing to level seven, like wanting to write to level seven or whatever it is. Yeah. And the guy said, and I said, you know, how can I make this better? And he said, well, you pass, so you don't really, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> and it killed me. It yeah. killed my motivation. Yeah. Because... I was I didn't realize before then how much I was driven by wanting to do a really good job and wanting someone to say oh yeah this is great yeah when <laughs> he said well you know really you only need to be writing at level four so yeah. just just don't worry about it too much absolute tanker for yeah. me yeah. and likewise for some people it will be the opposite way around mm-hmm. so this comes back to the context of you know set them proportional to where you're at and and also do take into account your neurotype yeah you know if you're if you're working with a neurodiversity whether you know it or whether you whether it's been diagnosed and you're very clear about it in which case you'll have that awareness and those frameworks or you suspect there might be something else going on Mm. you and and patterns of repeatedly setting yourself goals that you think should be achievable according to most people's standards well other people are managing this and but Mm. you repeatedly come up short and you're in this cycle of perpetual self-flagellation and failure and why can't I do this this is really basic this is really simple this is really straightforward you might want to have a conversation around do I have a neurodiversity going on in here Mm. which means I have to become more aware of my motivational style because if you have ADHD, for example, you're going to approach this very, very differently than if you're a neurotypical type A person like B. You know, that those two things are so far apart on the spectrum mm. that you need to take that into account. Because if you don't, the potential damage of going down a track that suits everybody else and forcing yourself to conform to that and the knock-on negative impact of that for you is massive mm. and, and really don't... Um, and, and the number of clients that I've been working with over the last few years that have only just realised that they might have a neurodiversity, it's a lot more common than yeah. you think. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just a sort of caveat in there. And and you want to be thinking about how your goals, as we said, support each other if you're looking at your bigger system. And I would also think about what are the keystone habits or the activities that are going to support multiple goals and build mm. those in as goals and targets. Okay, amazing. Just before we wrap up, I think there's one piece that we probably, I don't know whether we've mentioned explicitly, which is about this careful balance between achieving your potential and having enough. Mm. It can be really easy to go racing off at the start of the year and set really great, compelling, achievable, realistic, 
big goals for the business and the numbers you want to hit. Mm. And I suppose I want to just encourage people to think from a sustainability point of view, not only for themselves, but also for the planet. Is that what I want or is that what I need? Mm. Am I asking for enough? Or am I biting off more than I can chew or expecting more? And then I would look at the direction of those goals. So even if you're not pursuing the big numbers, you can still be pursuing really aspirational goals around, you know, who you're growing into as an entrepreneur, what you're able to do with the quality of service for your clients, how you're enhancing people's experience, how you're enhancing your skills, doing business more on your terms, tapping into your deeper values and living into your creative potential are all areas to set really big goals Mm. that don't necessarily mean you're going to have to keep charging through and growing your business at a rate that's not sustainable for you or the planet. So that's one one sort of contextual piece I'd add in before we wrap up. Fab. So, So to wrap this up, the big thing really is that your goals need to be in set in the context of your life don't they so you need to consider where you're at in terms of vitality what you want running your business to feel like this year and and think about what's going to be motivating and galvanizing and also what's enough you know we don't have to set these astronomical you know I'm gonna fivefold my profit this year you know it, it can just be a case of just taking things more steadily perhaps maybe maybe it is the year you're going to fivefold your profit but it's it's about what feels motivating and inspiring and manageable and what was your w worthwhile Mm. to you yeah absolutely because if you're running a worthwhile business and a meaningful business and you have that sense of achievement as you go then then what more is there happy days (laughs) (laughs) amazing Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe, as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.